Welcome to Products to Profits with Sarah J. Cross, the podcast for creative product fempreneurs who want to play a bigger game and upscale their business. This week's episode is brought to you by the Creative Product Institute. It's time to scale your business to the next level, stop wearing all the hats, and get the business and life balance that you dream of. Head to sarahjcross.com for more information. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Sarah J. Cross, and I'm here to support you on your journey to becoming a successful product business owner with tips, strategies, and stories to support and guide you through the good times and the challenges of running a product-based business. Today, we're talking to Serena, who is a partnership specialist from the Androsia Connection. Serena has worked with big brands in the partnership space, such as Coles and Essendon Football Club. She is a true expert at what she does, and she's here today to run us through partnerships. Welcome, Serena. Thanks for having me, Sarah. I'm so excited to be on your podcast today. Oh, yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here. And I love um, talking partnerships and sponsorships and collabs. I mean, collabs are just where, you know, it can be so fun in a business when you're partnering up with someone that's like-minded and, you know, you, you, your products are going to work so fabulously together yeah. uh, and, you know, they might be um, able to really open up to a whole new audience that you've never had the chance to tap into. Yeah, exactly. I love it. And that's why I've started my business in this space or I've worked in it for, you know, a number of years because I just love the creative marketing side of it. And exactly what you said, where you can partner with another business on, you know, shared values, objectives, you can open yourself up to new audiences and it's so much fun if you just sort of let yourself have fun with it really. Yeah. So to start off, like, let's talk a little bit, maybe a little bit about your background and then about how you help businesses with these partnerships. Yeah, sure. So, so my background is going back to my studying days up in Brisbane at the University of Queensland. I studied a dual degree in business with marketing, advertising, public relations and events management. So it's kind of perfect for the sponsorships and partnership space. I ventured off to London as soon as I finished uni and I worked over there for six years in digital advertising. So I really established an account management side, I suppose, to my career. And that's really where I think, you know, one of my strongest assets, I suppose, is that I love building relationships and that's what you do in account management. Mm -hmm. And then um, in my late 20s, I came back to Australia and I had always wanted to work in the sponsorship space. I'd always actually wanted to work in the AFL landscape because as a kid, I was an AFL tragic. I'm kind of moving through it these days, but, (laughs) but that's where it all started. And I was fortunate to have, I suppose, the right connections and contacts speaking about relationships. And I, um, started in a role at Carlton Football Club in sponsorship as a sponsorship executive and started working on some really big accounts there like um, Hyundai, Uber, Latrobe University, lots, lots that I could talk about Nike. Um, and then I moved into working at uh, RMIT University, which was really interesting working in the education space with sponsorships. And then I established my business because I just saw a few opportunities. Well, 
I really saw that there was um, that a lot of businesses are in the partnership space, but they don't necessarily have a strategy behind it or they don't know how to bring it to life. And that's what I'm really passionate about. And um, over the last sort of nine months, I've also been working with Essendon Football Club in a part time capacity. Uh, but I'll be finishing up that really soon and in my business full time. So that's exciting. Hey, that's exciting. Yeah. How do you help businesses? Um, so I help businesses by actually going in and working on their strategy with them. So whether it's before they've gone into the partnership space, I go in and help them actually nut out like what their actual strategy is, how, why they want to be in the partnership space, how they want to bring it to life, who they want to partner with. Um, or also a lot of the time the work that I find and I think the reason I established the business in the first place is to go in when the partnerships are already established, because a lot of the time they are already established, but businesses haven't necessarily thought about a strategy behind it. So I go in and I do workshops with them to look at the partnerships they've already got existing and help them think outside the box of how they can bring that partnership to life to meet their strategic objectives and deliver a return on investment in whatever way that is, whether that's getting a new audience, whether that's selling more products, you know, the list is endless, I suppose. And so how do partnerships different uh, are different from sponsorships or collaborations? Yeah, sure. So I think um, partnerships, I think the thing about this question is I get asked this a lot and it's really interchangeable. So when we're talking about partnerships and sponsorships, the industry as a whole is sort of shifting more towards the term partnerships or commercial partnerships. Mm -hmm. And that's because it moves away from that simple transactional agreement of like a logo placement towards more a partnership which has meaningful, long-lasting relationships that actually create impact. Mm -hmm. But sort of looking at it, I suppose, more simply, like collaborations are generally more short term so there'll be an exchange of assets so just for the audience's sake when I'm talking about assets it's essentially what you're buying or exchanging so for example you might be providing products in return for social media so both the products and the social media exposure are assets for each of the businesses so think about it as what each business can bring to the partnerships party if you will so I just say that because I use the term assets quite a lot and often like a like a Uh, what's the word like a buzzword within the industry I suppose Um, so coming back to the difference between collab sponsorship and partnerships I think collaborations are generally short term so they're that exchange of assets we see a lot of them in um, in different types of businesses like if we're anyone who's in the Instagram world will see collaborations all the time on Instagram right and quite often smaller collaborations are when two businesses or multiple businesses come together to maybe do a giveaway or do a series of Instagram lives or something like that but you'll often see some really creative big brands doing collaborations and doing some incredible promotions and quite often it's brands that you wouldn't necessarily think of that come together and they're targeting new audiences for both of them so they're exposing themselves to those different yeah. um, different people that could be new customers uh so an example that is really great is if you go and have a look on the messina website they have some incredible collaborations like they've done collabs with mecca and they've done collabs with streaming services like stan and that's not something that you would often think would go together right but it can be really creative and it draws attention and i think that's sort of the collaboration space 
With sponsorships and partnerships, and this is more where I, um, I suppose my corporate experience has been, sponsorships are more your traditional marketing partnerships. So it's generally where money is exchanged for assets. So there's usually a sponsorship agreement in place and you have your client, um, which is generally the business with the money, and they're going to a rights holder, which is generally the business that has the assets who are accepting the money. And so the client will give money in return for assets exchanged, basically. So for example, a relationship that I've been working on over the past 12 months with Essendon Football Club um, is with their co-major partner, Amart Furniture. And so AMART pay a yearly fee and in exchange, they get access to a variety of assets with Essendon Football Club. And that can be anything from branding um, to social media assets to opportunities to really tell stories about the things that AMART Furniture are doing behind the scenes um, in their business and how they can bring that to life and create incredible opportunities with what's available through Essendon Football Club. But I mean, I suppose with this, like, keep in mind, it's a very general overview and the best types of sponsorships or partnerships have a strong strategic approach to them. And they're really tied into the values and objectives of the business. And that's something that I really reiterate a lot of the time with my clients is it has to come back to your strategic values and objectives. Yeah, it has to have an alignment. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that is really quite often missed and yet, that's what makes partnerships and sponsorships so valuable and collaborations as well, yeah. of course. Yeah. So I think when we talk about partnerships, it essentially takes the sponsorships or collaborations one step further. And all of the above applies in a similar way to what it does with sponsorships, where the agreement is between the businesses. But the relationship becomes more fluid where the businesses partner together on shared outcomes to align with their strategic objectives, as we were just saying. And they find, often they'll find mutually beneficial projects. So it won't just be that, as I said earlier, like that logo play or that signage, it'll be more what's a project that we're both working on and how can we both bring something to the party to make it um to make it valuable to the audience and valuable to our businesses. So uh, I always love talking in examples and another great example that I've been working on with Essendon recently is their partnership with Coles Supermarkets. So there's an element that is definitely an element of that partnership that focuses on the promotion of product, of course, and branding There always will be when it comes to partnerships and sponsorships. But Coles are also partnered with Essendon to assist with the women's program and to talk about the First Nations program, which helps bring football opportunities to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders across Australia. So uh, that's where both of the parties can actually bring something to bring those programs to life. So whether that's money, whether that's job opportunities, whatever it is, that's where we sit around a table together and go, okay, what have we got? What what can we bring to the party essentially? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's great. So what are your top tips for our listeners who are product-based businesses? How do they get started with a partnership? Yeah, sure. So it's funny when I was sort of thinking about this question, there's so many, like I could, I, we could do a whole podcast interview on this, yeah. now, honestly. <laughs> um, but I've sort of broken it down to make it really um, simple and straightforward. And I think, um, you know, I've, sort of broken it down into seven steps and so that starts with your why and I think anything in marketing any of us who are in marketing will always start with why right and it's what I was saying before is really consider 
why you want to be in the partnership space. And then the second step is what, like, what do you actually want to achieve? What do you want to get out of it? And how does it actually align with your business objectives and values? Hmm. So when you think about your why and your what, it takes you on to stage three, which is your strategy. So where do you actually want to focus your partnerships? And this is the time to think about what industries you want to be in, what audiences you want to target, uh, what businesses that you'd like to partner with. So is there a business that you really love that you find there's great alignment with what your business is and can you find a partnership there? And also thinking about, when you're going to bring it to life. So if, for example, you're thinking about partnering with an event or something that only happens in summer, then you have to note as part of your overall marketing strategy that you're only going to be bringing that to life in January, for example. So what are you going to be doing the rest of the year? So really making sure that you've got a strategy that's not just in one time. Although if that's a big peak sales time for you, maybe it's worth it and maybe it's worth putting your you know, business dollars or your products into that space. So once we've had a look at the strategy and why you want to be in this space and who you might want to partner with, it's then about like step four is about thinking about your assets. Mm -hmm. So what you actually have to bring to the partnership. And yes, like this could be money, but more often than not, it's actually going to be what you have to offer. So for example, products and your expertise. So something I often see product-based businesses forget is that they have expertise in the product that they're selling. Mm -hmm. And so if they're selling health food products, they've probably got expertise in that particular health food area, right? Yeah. So they can also bring that to the partnership. And then, so step five is building the relationships. So actually thinking about creating partnerships as a business friendship. So you don't just sort of dive in the deep end and contact someone and go, I want to have a partnership. You establish the relationship over time. And a lot of the time, this is where businesses get, I suppose, a bit nervous about contacting other businesses. But really, if you think about it as building a business friendship, you know, start with reaching out to those warm leads. Who do you already have relationships with? Who can you be connected with through your audience, through your network? that sort of thing. And then my favorite part, number six, is getting creative. Mm. So for me, I mean, I think everything in partnerships is a lot of fun, but um, for me, this is the super fun part. So it's where you think outside the box and come up with great marketing opportunities. So use it to tell the story of your business. What are your values? What are you offering to each other's audience? Why are you partnered together? You know, really starting to think about how you can bring the partnership to life. And then I think one of the things that I often see people miss is step number seven, which is actually managing the relationship. So you put all this effort into the strategy and the um, and building the relationship, but then you've actually got to manage the relationship yeah. afterwards, right? So you've actually got to bring to life everything that you've agreed on. And I think the other, like outside of that, the other two points that I really say to people who are looking to get into the partnerships is just make sure that you've got an agreement in place and really have fun with it. Like we said yeah. at the start of the podcast, it's fun. It's like, it's creative marketing. There's so much you can do in the partnership space. So just enjoy it really. Yeah. Enjoy the journey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Enjoy developing the business friendship, as I like to say. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the fun part, isn't it? You know, yeah. relationships and partnerships are, you know, in life or in love life or in business life, you know, they need nurturing. Yeah. They need um, to be obviously 
worked on like a business in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or worked on like a friendship, you know, or or a relationship, like in any way, you know, whatever way that relationship is. But they need to, as you said, they need to be nurtured. They can't just be forgotten about. But it can be like having fun with your best friend, you know, like your business's best friend and having fun with them and thinking of really cool stuff that you can do together and how you can tell your story and um yeah, I, I just love it. Like, obviously, you can see that from how I talk yeah, about partnerships. Yeah, I can tell you're very passionate yeah. about <laughs> So for product businesses that are already running partnerships, what mistakes do you often see them making and how can they maximise those partnerships that they've got in place? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, this is a great question and obviously one of the reasons I started my business, but really it's not following the steps from the previous question, essentially. But I often see partnerships that are agreed on because there's pre-existing relationships. And so the pre-existing relationships go, oh, cool, we should partner together. But they often don't really think about the actual strategy and objectives and the why they're partnering together. Um, So, and this is totally okay. Like I've experienced this with so many businesses and you can reverse engineer it. So I think the thing is at any point of the process of the partnership process is sitting down and realigning with what your strategic objectives are and finding a way to actually bring that to life within the partnership. And then also, I think, and I touched on this just before, but it is one of the biggest mistakes I see is that you build, businesses build the relationship and then don't actually continue the relationship on or don't actually bring it to life. And I think it's similar to sales, right? Like the the challenging part of sales is actually establishing the relationship in the first place. Once you've established the relationship, reselling to the same business is actually the easier part because you've already, they already love the product, you've already got it, right? So same thing in partnerships, establishing the partnership in the first place is the tricky part because you've got to get both businesses to trust each other and go, yeah, there's an alignment here. But once you've got that established, keeping the partnership going is the fun part, it's the easy part, but it's often the part that gets overlooked. So I think that's really important to almost have that post-sales service in the same way you would with your customers, make sure you have that with your partnerships as well. Yeah. Yeah. And what sort of advice do you have if someone, for instance, has got a partnership going on and it isn't working out as planned? Yeah, so you do see this a lot. And I think, you know, it's really important to remember that it's okay to reset and you can reset at any time. You know, you can take some time out and you can go, what is the strategy? What is the objectives? Why are we partnering together? And I think coming back to that why is really important. Um, But also really knowing that it's okay to have the hard conversations. Mm -hmm. So if it's not working out, be honest with each other, try to find a solution to that, try to find a way that you can work with each other by going back to that why but if you can't find a way to work with each other and depending what your contract status is yeah. of course um, agreement and yeah, contract. yeah yeah and yeah. if you've got an agreement and contract in place and you can't sort of remove yourself from that agreement and contract it is really about resetting and looking at the strategy and really working on the relationship because one of the number one things I would say is 
the most important thing about establishing a really good partnership is having a really good foundation relationship in the first place. And if you don't have that business friendship, if you don't have that relationship in the first place, it can be really tricky to reset and realign. Um, but I think that that's really important. If you don't have a contract or if, you know, you don't have that sort of long-term contract in place, then mm. I suppose you really do have to ask your question, yourself the question, like, is this partnership worth my time or is it better for me to find different partnerships I should be involved in? Um, yeah. But I always like the idea of fixing the relationship first and trying to realign before you sort of cut your ties because, as I said before, you know, it's easier to keep nurturing the relationships you already have. So, yeah, yeah. exactly. Once you've sort of put poured in a lot of, in, you know, time and um, effort into building, you don't want to sort of, and things can change in any way, can't they, with certain partnerships if um, uh, in like in a corporate sense, you know, there's obviously going to be a bit more movement of staff. So relationships that might have worked really well, yeah, might, might change, you know, with new ownership or yep. um, changing of um, staff members. Yeah, so I absolutely. Guess I do see a lot with the collaborations, you know, for a lot of product businesses using influencers. And I see in those Facebook, you know, business women's groups, like um, how some people have gone into a collaboration and they might have wanted to have a feature with an influencer in exchange for them providing them with free sample stock, to, yeah. for instance, and they might have spent, you know, $500, $800 providing that. And then they're, they're disappointed or, or they don't receive anything from the employee. Yeah. It doesn't measure up to what their expectation yeah. Yeah. was. Yeah. And oh. I think a lot of the time they've forgotten to even outline um, in the relationship, like what they were both expecting to get out of it and then formalise it in an agreement to yeah. say, this is the exchange or if there's money changing hands um, and they're being provided with product that you either want the product to be returned or that you expect to have this, this and this work for you. But when it does work and there is a great alignment, I just um, got out of a session with a client who's got a fabulous um, uh, baby brand um, that she's just launched um, and she has, um, I think, for a $1,000 investment, returned around about $8,000 in sales. Amazing. And how so, that's, that's so the that, power of partnerships, right? Yeah, that's right. You yeah. know, it really hit the mark and really resonated um, with the influencer's audience. Yeah, and absolutely. the influencer is quite selective about who she works with. So obviously her followers trust her. Yeah. value that she's not just working with everyone. Um, yeah. After doing this actual post um, promotion, um, the sales went crazy. She had yeah. 400 orders or something um, come through and, um, you know, she was madly packing, packing away. Um, and, you know, that that's a good return on your investment. That's, yeah. There's a good alignment there. Absolutely. And I mean, it'd be really interesting to ask her as well, did she, what was her strategy in choosing that brand to align with? Because I imagine that she would have had a really good understanding of their audience and knowing that their audience was someone or an audience that would really benefit from her product. Mm -hmm. So that's a really great example of choosing yeah. a great alignment, really thinking about who you want to partner with. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, and you know, I touched on it earlier, having an agreement in place is so important and thinking about those strategic objectives from the beginning is so important. And you don't have to, you know, it doesn't have to take days and days or weeks, you know, like often I say to clients, if you don't have all the time in the world, just brainstorm it, just mind map it, you know, like when I talk to my clients, I can talk to them in an hour session about what is your strategy? What is your objective? Mm -hmm. And for every, I suppose, marketing campaign that you do, so whether it's a longer term project and you have, you know, 10 marketing campaigns throughout the year, or whether it's maybe a one-off collaboration and you're doing one marketing campaign, really thinking about when you're building out the creativity linking it back to your objective. So what yeah. is the objective from here? Yeah. And you touched on it. What what am I trying to do? What's the return on investment? How many sales am I trying to make? Or how many, I don't know, how many, what reach am I trying to find? Because when you yeah. do that, you can then measure it. And I think the measuring is really important to see if it's measuring. working for you. Yeah, measuring um, objectives is uh, is what everyone should sort of really in terms of knowing their numbers uh, was it a profitable exercise? Was it a worthwhile transaction? And and that particular client has done two of those with the yeah. same influencer because they've really nailed the audience. You know, it's yeah. actually um, a, an ideal perfect match, whereas yeah. others could be, um, her followers could be more sort of, you know, into toddler age, you know, products yeah. or um, into school age kids, you know, so it wouldn't work, it wouldn't resonate. And I do find um, with those sorts of influences, if they're experiencing, it's more authentic if their children are at that stage of yeah. learning how to eat or it might be newborn. So it's like a nappy cream or, um, you know, those sorts of things. If they're doing that personally in their own, it's more authentic for them to show the use of that product and how they're loving it. Yeah. So they're yeah, all know that it's not just a, yeah. just a marketing exercise. Yeah, they're actually exactly. saying I'm using it and I love it. Yeah. And they're personally promoting it. So yeah. really strong. And- that's the, if you're in that influencer space, that's the really important thing when you're thinking about who to partner with in the influencer space is one, is it an audience that you've already got access to? So are they the right influencer yeah. for you? But two, I think authenticity in, especially in the world of Instagram, right? Like, or social media in general, we're so, you know, I always laugh and I've said it for a long time. I love Instagram. It's my favorite platform. And I know I'm being promoted to all the time, but I feel like a lot of the time it's authentic promotion, yeah, exactly as so. you said. And that's what I love about it. I spend yeah. Most of the products I buy, most of the businesses I engage with are on Instagram and the first thing I do is go to Instagram to search for them. Um, And I think that's because you do feel like you're getting the authenticity there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had the same experience with a friend um, who's also a client and she has recently branched out with, uh, she's sort of in the health food space, she's recently branched out with a reset program that she's doing and she's partnered with some influencers that are totally outside of her usual audience mm-hmm. and she the return on investment she has seen has been incredible like she's just sold out of every program that she's got for the next you know couple of months because it's new audiences that are seeing her product and they may not be her standard audience or or who she has reached out to in the past but they're still audiences that can really benefit from her products and her programs and yeah it's amazing how much that um has had an influence 
Yeah, it's powerful yeah. when it's and it's sometimes thinking outside the box to come up with the strategy as to uh, other opportunities that you would not normally tap into. Yeah, absolutely. Um, immediate trust. Yeah, yeah. And I think when you do think outside the box, and that's one of the things I love doing is you create more of a story and you create more recognition as well like you create more people notice it right like when it's something that you wouldn't normally see more people notice it and they go oh how cool is that and then they talk about it in the way that we're talking about it now and I think um you know like there's so many people I follow on Instagram I often screenshot the things that they're promoting because even if it's not right for me right now I know that through the different phases of my life I'm going through, it might be right for me in a couple of years' time and I trust that person. So I'm going to have a, I'm going to keep that for later. And you know, so I know what those products are. And it's a great way of doing research as well. Cause I yeah. don't have to do the research myself, which is awesome. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, but I may not necessarily be following those other businesses, those other products, because I'm not at that stage in my life yet, or I'm not focused on that just yet. Um, you know, I mean, we see it with the likes of Broadsheet, for example, Broadsheet's a bit different. It's more, um, you know, public relations, but you do see anything they promote, you know, it just goes crazy, you know? And I think that that's really important as a very powerful, um, I think the other thing with partnerships is that it's that ongoing relationship as well and you build that trust in each other's audience which is really important yeah and so Serena finally how can a partnership specialist like yourself help businesses to get started or keep growing in the partnership space yeah well it's um it's funny on this one because I think the last three questions in our discussion is really um touched on why I started my business as you said you can see the passion passion there and it's um you know I often see businesses wanting to play in the partnership space but they have no idea where to start or they're already in the partnership space but they aren't a specialist so they often have maybe a marketing manager who's looking after the partnership but they don't actually know how to bring it to life so I love then coming in and working with businesses to be creative to think outside the box and to then tell that story of what their business values are what they're actually passionate about Um, in an ideal world I work with businesses before they establish the partnership so that I can work on their strategy with them but as I said earlier often I find that I'm working with businesses once the partnerships are already established to bring it back in line with what their strategy is and then help them get that return on investment. Yeah. And I just love it. Like it's sometimes you just need someone, I think, as we are with any business, you know, why you work with a business coach, why you work with a marketing expert. I think sometimes we just need someone who's outside of our business to um, an analogy or a metaphor that I love using is, um, you know, you're swimming laps of the pool while I swim across the pool. And that's sort of my my metaphor for out-of-the-box thinking. And sometimes yeah. you just need someone in your business that can help you do that. Yeah, absolutely. Just to be able to see um, the forest through the trees, they say. or um, Yeah, and I think it's sometimes when you're so connected and close and working in your business that you don't have the opportunity or you just can't see opportunities that other other experts can uh, that you might not have thought of and I've worked in my previous corporate hamper business that I had for 10 years I had coaches during that time um, and that was really 
um, enlightening, you know, where they would sort of make a suggestion of doing something in a different way or adding in something. And I'd be thinking, how come I never thought of that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, and if you're coaching businesses now, how often do you hear people say that to a you lot. as well? I hear people say yeah. that to me all the time. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah. You're so close to it. Yeah. And that's and I say it to my coaches all the time. I'm like, yeah. I'm quite creative. Like how yeah. did that, how did I not yeah. think of that? But yeah. it is, it's just having someone. And I think like you said, when you've got an expert in the space as well, it's the experience that they bring to the table. Yeah, so great things yeah, phenomenally. Like it, it is quite amazing. Um, yeah. yeah. In those in those, I guess that's a partnership in, in a sense, a business coach and yeah. Um, yeah. Or, you know, like a personal coach or a health coach, you know, they can, yeah sort of yeah um really help with that expansion and and to scale up really fast yeah and I think that's one of the things that we probably didn't touch on so much but keep in mind we're talking about marketing partnerships here but partnerships expand on every level of business and as you said um you know it can be a business coach it can be a marketing coach it can be anything it can be a business partner you know and I think when you start understanding those sort of underlying pillars of why you create partnerships then you can start doing some really fun and creative things well they can work so well if someone else can bring a skill set that you don't have to the table yeah um yeah absolutely really skyrocket things um and i've seen partnerships in businesses some that go sour some that go south um, and it generally is because one partner gets bitter that they're doing more of the heavy lifting, more of the work than the other partner. Yeah. They're still actually, um, you know, sort of splitting the profits. Yeah. So it feels unequal. Yes. Um, And then there's husband and wife partnerships, which I think, um, and sisters, you know, I've I've coached a number of people, um, you know, who are sisters and that they and partners like life partners, you can be very raw and honest with yeah. each other. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's sort of no holding back and siblings yeah. um, partnership, which can have its good, you know, positives and negatives. Yeah, it can be a bit dangerous, though, if you want to end the partnership for any reason. But I think a lot of it comes back to what we were speaking about before as well. And and, and it's harder, I think, when it's a, you know, real, like a life partner or a sibling partnership Um you kind of forget that you still need to have the conversation about why are we doing this and what's the mm. what's our agreement, you know, and it doesn't. I mean, look, I would always encourage people to have formal agreements because I think that that's important. Um, But I think it's something that people often miss. And if you don't have that agreement and you haven't had the discussion, that exactly, as you said, is often where things go south because you haven't established that from the beginning and agreed on what each of you are bringing to the partnership um but that all being said sometimes business partnerships and the sisters the life partners can be some of the best partnerships you know when they work really well and they've had those sort of discussions and there's those clean lines about who has clean lines so that you're not sort of duplicating um and stepping on each other's toes um, sometimes people can get territorial and sort of think, well, that's my area. That's yeah. what I'm about. And, um, you know, some are better at crunching numbers and um, managing the inventory and, and um, you know, purchasing. And then others are better at, you know, marketing and sales and creativity of, you know, yeah. product development. So 
it really has to be um, for it to work really well. You have to have very clear boundaries, yeah, agreement, absolutely. an agreement in place, and um, yeah, it can really be amazing to always have someone else that brings something to the table that's different to yours. I think. Yeah. And that's the important thing, right? At the end of the day, if you think, and maybe we're talking more small business, but if you think of big corporate mm. structures, you know, you, you've got a whole team of people that bring something to the table. Yeah. And I think that that's the, exactly as you said, that's the benefit of any type of partnership at whatever level it is, is that there's more people sitting around that table. There's more yeah. people that you can collaborate with essentially. And there's more, creative minds that you can think think about what you can do together and how you can bring it to life and really like I think from a marketing partnership point of view one of my favorite parts of it is the storytelling elements and the fact that you can really use it to tell the story of a business and um, you know and if it's done well you can create some pretty amazing experience with experiences with it as well yeah um, yep. Well, that's wonderful. Thanks so much for being here with us today, Serena. Um, if any of our listeners want to find out more about you, where to find you, where's the best place? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram under the Androsia Connection and on LinkedIn under Serena Lowe. Um, but really, if you just look up Serena Lowe anywhere, you can find me. And it's L-O-W-E. Yes, and it's S-A-R-I-N-A. So a bit different okay. to Serena Williams, the tennis player, but uh, a bit more. SE, is she? Yeah, she's SE. So a bit more like Sabrina, the teenage witch without the beat, you know, that's how people remember it <laughs> well everyone i hope you found today's chat as exciting as i did and thanks again serena for your time it's been great to get that insight into um all those things that i can tell you're really passionate about working with um, if you've loved this episode please make sure to share it with a friend or leave us a review so more people can find us it's time for me to say goodbye and i'll see you in our next episode Loved this episode of Products to Profits? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate and leave a review. It's very much appreciated.